At the beginning part of 2023, most of the social media feeds were flooded with a brand new take on a packaging design classic. The last time the brand had a revamp was back in around about 2008. And with its pending 125th anniversary, it was probably high time for a refresh. So today, I wanted to talk about that icon of soft drinks that is Pepsi. It's something that's caused much debate across LinkedIn and plenty of debate in my design studio. So now that we've lived with the design for the last six months or so, I thought it'd be great to look at it and reevaluate it in advance of its pending supermarket launch. And I thought, who better than my old boss and colleague from Future Band, Bill Walsgrove. So, Bill, it, it's been a while. Thank you for coming on. Uh, obviously, we've worked together previously at Future Brands, and for our listeners that, that may not know you, do you want to give a little bit of background? Yes, yeah, great, And We worked, uh, obviously, at Planet and Future Brand, uh, and obviously Future Brand was a great experience. Um, I enjoyed my, my years in London working big big agencies, obviously, for Curly Porter Bell, where I really cut my teeth on consumer branding, doing mainly food and drinks brands. Um, then formed Planet uh, in my early 30s with, with product design partners where we were doing integrated, innovative packaging. Um, and when we were acquired by uh, essentially McCann's and merged into a future brand, yeah. obviously enjoyed a year or two there. Um, and really what made a big change for me is I worked on a big account for B&Q. I'd never worked on retail brands before and really wanted to stop working on consumer brands and then worked in a company called Big Idea that I was a partner for um, and worked on retail brands for about five or six years, which I really enjoyed. Uh, just very different, also creating a lot of kind of own label and licensed brands. So to kind of add to my kind of consumer brand experience, it was a nice new direction particularly as retail brands were learning from a lot of the branding uh, pioneering work that had been done for consumer brands by the large agencies in the 90s. Mm. Um, since then, uh, I've sort of worked in a few more agencies, uh, very excited to be a, a mentor and non-executive director for Studio Blup, which is part of the lab group, so I still go up to London now and again. Uh, yeah. I do miss London now and again. But I've really moved to Brighton for three reasons. One, to be an independent freelance. Two, to work more on startups and SMEs rather than big corporates, yeah. uh, just because there's a very innovative culture here. It's, it's very much kind of silicon by sea, digital and creative. Um, and, and the main reason is to walk my dog on the beach or up on the downs, <laughs> which is beautiful, and like a day-to-day. -day. So, so really, I've become uh, an independent, experienced freelance. And what I love is um, I've been doing some uh, mentoring work for uh, a, a, an organization and building here in Brighton called Plus X Innovation. And uh, the, the great young entrepreneurs there have called me, uh, they've created my brand name. You know, one day in the coffee bar, they kind of came over to me and said, we've got a name for you. I went, oh yeah, what is it? Is it like George or Leonardo or something like that? And they went, no, it's Brandad. <laughs> so, it's very fitting, though. It's very fitting. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of, I didn't know whether to laugh or be insulted. And I kind of then went away and looked at my mobile phone and said, it can't be available. You know, brandad.co.uk, 15 quid. I thought, I'm having it. So now, I'm not, you know, people in the street stop and say, hi, Brandad, how are you? And my partner, Marissa, goes, what's that all about? And it's kind of quite funny that, uh, uh, for more serious business, I do still trade under Bill Walsgrove. <laughs> but, but for the younger, younger, funkier businesses, I still like uh, the whole Brandad name, you know, in Soho House. You know, yeah. they kind of laugh, you know, Brandad's in town, you know. I think it's very fitting. I can't see you ever retiring, Bill. No, no. I'm not shy or retiring. 
Yeah, <laughs> neither of the two. So Pepsi. Well, thank you yep. for uh, for mm. agreeing, agreeing to do this. I think the last redesign was around about from what I looked into. It's around about two thousand eight. Mm. So we've we've yeah. lived with it for the last sort of fifteen years or so. Was yeah. it time for a change? Oh, very much so. To be fair, I thought, I mean, you know, I don't like to slag brands off, but I thought that was a very weak rebranding for Mm. all sorts of reasons, which I'll come on to. Um, And I always thought it was a bit sort of, you know, when when Coca-Cola was being so, we'll come on to that, I know later, but was being so impactful in its brand design, it seemed to me fairly weak. uh, And and it didn't have the badge quality that a big brand should have. Yeah. So I think that, uh, and we'll come on to the, the kind of history of the brand, but um, I think what they've done is very much going back to basics and actually realising that making a target as your brand is really powerful, you know, in terms of uh, on-shelf recognition uh, and the fact it's got some heritage cues as well. No, I think it's time for a rebrand, and I think the direction they've chosen is very smart. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously got the benefit of lots of pedigree, as you've just said. Do you think there's anything from previous designs? When you go back in history and you look at this sort of from yeah. day dot from the 1800s when it was created, yeah. is there anything that you think they could have or should have drawn on that they perhaps haven't? Well, again, they've got, they've got a problem. I mean, they, I mean the, the, it was invented in, what, 1893 as, as, right, as yeah. Brad, Brad's drink. And uh, it was... Um, the first logo that I can see was kind of almost in the same uh, stylistic direction as Coca-Cola. It yeah. was uh, ornate typography with a smir- swirl and loops. You know, it's almost like, uh, you know, if you were to do an AI I- image now and say, do Pepsi-Cola in a Coca-Cola style, it wouldn't be far off that. Yeah. Um, so it kind of started off in the same direction as Coca-Cola. And obviously I find it quite amusing that there's um, the real reason it's called Pepsi is because it's about uh, it's about something that helps people with dyspepsia, which is indigestion. Mm. So, but of course, Pepsi don't want to be associated with dyspepsia and indigestion. So, in mm. their brand history, they say it's named from pepsin, which is a digestive enzyme. Uh, but you know, it's funny how you know we, the joke always goes that Coca Cola is named after cocaine. So, I think mm. there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of fake news in brand stories, but um, Pepsi is a great case study for. I do a, a lecture at the University of Brighton on the history of branding, yeah. and the, the kind of Pepsi Coke wars has been fascinating for the the way in which the names have been changed, uh, the designs have been changed, and of course both brands, of course, realised that dropping cola was probably the best thing they did. Although Coca Cola has managed to keep it very well, they've obviously got two brands in terms of Coke on one side and Coca Cola on the other. Yeah, exactly. It's it's interesting. I mean, it's followed what a lot of brands have been doing, particularly in the carbonate sector recently, which is stripping back, focusing on and and hearing the logo, stripping back a lot of the detail and the drop shadows and the embellishments and being very single-minded and creating quite bold iconographic pieces uh, on there. The interesting part for me here is, again, looking around, I I think this is right, that this has actually Mm. been handled for the first time internally by PepsiCo Mm. themselves and that they're building up a design team to do this. What was yeah. your first thought when you when you heard about it, this being sort of not you know not using an agency as they would traditionally do, but but doing it no, it, it's interesting. Well, I've been sort of hearing on the grapevine, particularly through friends in America, that very senior and smart brand people were being recruited by large corporates uh, because they had kind of the about turn is they wanted to have their own brand designers in house. Mm. Um, 
I kind of, I'm, I'm not sure I'd ever jumped into that camp because I think one of the benefits of working on branding and working on lots of different brands all the time is you have a more objective view. I can't help feeling if you're working on kind of one brand all the time, you kind of lose that objectivity. But, uh, but I think it's, it's, it's definitely a trend and whether it's for money reasons or whether it's for control reasons, uh, it's definitely the fashion is to have larger in-house brand design teams to help relaunches in particular. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're into sort of, I think it started two weeks ago, 125 years uh, since the, the relaunch. I've not seen it in any of the multiples as yet, but I'm, I'm sure it's sort of pending and waiting for stocks and, and warehouses yeah. to sort of run out of current stock at the, at the yeah. moment. I've started to see some of the design system rolling out. There's been lots of posts okay. on LinkedIn and Instagram and other social mm. media uh, outlets as well. How do you think they've handled this from what you've seen so far? It's fairly limited. I mean, we're not, we're not seeing big yeah. pieces, but what's your thought on the design system as it stands? Well, it's interesting. I mean, I, I think they've actually, what they've done is they've learned a lot. I don't know if this is true. They seem to have learned a lot from the Burger King redesign that obviously uh, mm. JKR did, which is to, to go back to the future. Uh, in terms of, of picking on something which was created in the 60s or 70s. Uh, and as I said before, make it much more like a badge. Um, yeah. And I think a bit like Burger King, I thought was very clever, not just for the going back to the future, but by using a very strong style through communication. It looks to me, and you know, I don't want to cast aspersions, it looks to me that Pepsi is following that same sort of uh, retro modern direction. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Obviously, their big rifle, Coke, went through a big redesign of the whole design system about six, yeah. eight months ago, something yeah. like that. How do you think what Pepsi has done with this, with obviously with only what you've seen so far, how do you think that compares with what Coke did? Um, well, unfortunately, you know, I always kind of joke that um, um, poor old Pepsi kind of plays the, the, the second fiddle because nobody goes into a bar and orders a rum and Pepsi or a mm. vodka and Pepsi, you know, so Coca-Cola from a you know, bar call. But I think what they've done quite smartly is to really focus back on making a sort of badge, uh, uh, almost a, a, a target type branding, which obviously mm. uh, echoes on its past. But obviously they've got a very strong color coding as well. Um, the blue obviously differentiates it from Coca-Cola. So I think if they, if they stick to their guns in terms of this back to the future, and making sure the color palette is imaginatively used in, across social media, across content creation, then I think it will succeed. I certainly, because I was not a fan of the previous Pepsi design, I thought it was very weak. The fact that mm. the brand was a floating, it looked like a floating basketball, and, and the typography underneath was hugely weak. It almost felt like a copycat brand. Um, as I know as exactly. As uh, yeah, exactly. It, it, it seemed very transient, and when that came out, in yeah. 2008 it's one of those things that was joked about in in yeah. the industry of looking it, it yeah. looked like a ministry of sound nightclub flyer and you know obviously it, it was from that sort of time and the the really exactly. thin typography and the sort of yeah. the, the, the lowercase it lacked all sorts of authority and particularly when yeah. it's got a big rival such as coke it yeah. did seem like a bit of a pretender to the throne yeah well i often think that maybe what was guiding them was almost a kind of digital first they thought we need to create an icon that works across all social media platforms. It's almost like, what is the app design for Pepsi? Mm. Uh, it seems to me. Um, and you're right, it was very much fashion, flyer, youth, w whatever. But I just think it's wrong for a powerful brand to, to, to be persuaded to do that, uh, particularly when they've had such strong icon iconography before. Um, yeah. 
So I think they've obviously uh, they're very smart people who who are doing this work because they've recognised the weaknesses, uh, and I think they're building up uh, some interesting visual strengths, a strong visual language. Mm. One one element that really didn't work for me last time was, as I just said before, it was a logo type. It's really thin, mm. tended to get yeah. quite lost on shelf. They yeah. obviously tried to hero that brand mark, the the beach yeah. ball, as you uh, as you refer yeah. to. It. I think it's quite a good description. <laughs> Um, do you think what they've done now, I mean, obviously they've gone back to some of the, the earlier work. Do you think that solved the problem um, typographically? Uh, typographically, um, I think uh, it's quite interesting that, you know, it's, I think it was a kind of Helvetica, expa Helvetica expanded on the sort of 60s, 70s logo, badge logo. Yeah. And obviously they've crafted a type which is more unique. Uh, uh, to them, and obviously gone back to the uh, it being sandwiched between the, the, the two swirls of the red and blue. Um, uh, I, I think it should succeed. As I say, I think it will have much better on-shelf impact. And of course, what they've managed to create is, as I said first, this is a digital brand that has the brand name at the heart of it, which is you couldn't ask for better, really. Yeah. Um, uh, because I'm, I'm sort of, uh, uh, although I'm a, an experienced brand consultant, I do talk about digital first branding a lot, and, and I have to because uh, most of the small SMEs and startups that I work with, uh, their digital presence is their most important thing. So yeah. I think that the, the consumer brands, they have to think about their image, they obviously have to think about how they impact in store, and they've got to think about how their uh, both their verbal and visual vocabulary uh, works across all media touch points. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think, well, just to sum up, I thought it'd be good to evaluate using a, a model that, well, you taught us, actually. I remember, remember you teaching us this back in the future <laughs> yeah. days of, of lose, retain, enhance, and introduce, which is a brilliant yeah. model. And it's, it, it's something I, I get all my clients, all my designers yeah. to do every time we're sort of feeding yeah. back. Because uh, it's a great way of sort of really mm. cutting down to, to the rub within, within feedback and focusing on what those elements are. So lose is what isn't working that needs to come off. Yep. Retain yep. is what's working and needs to be kept on there. Enhance yep. is what's on there but could definitely work a lot harder. Introduce yep. is what isn't on there, what's the design lacking and we, and we could add yep. on there. It's a fantastic way of distilling thoughts. So what, who better person than to feed back <laughs> on the person who taught me this in the first place? So away, what would you, so lose, what, what would, they, would you suggest they, t they take off currently? Yeah. I will answer your question, but uh, I'd like to say that I invented the loser retain the hearts. But of course, like a lot of brand consultants, I do a lot of reading, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've ever credited who, who created that model. But I still use it all the time on every business, particularly when I'm doing brand refresh for new business uh, for yeah. existing SMEs. It's it's almost the question which I get them to answer before we do a brand workshop. Um, okay, but in this instance, to lose, uh, I mean, for me, it was quite simple. Um, I think the weakness of the blue background that they had on the previous design. If you remember, it, yep. to, to enhance the dark blue of the, of the, of the I would call it because I'm Brighton-based, a beach ball. Um, yep. it's, it's, to enhance that blue, they, they created a pale blue background. And of course, I think that's just a weak thing. It, it almost, uh, this, the, the previous redesign came across as being almost like a sort of, you know, a little own label. It just, uh, you know, trying to copy Pepsi. Whereas now it feels like a brand again. So the lose, I definitely think, is the pale blue, the weak, thin typography that you mentioned. Uh, uh, definitely, those are the two things which you should immediately critique. 
Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do with that blue in the background because the yeah. the visual that's been pushed a lot on social media, particularly on LinkedIn, is the zero sugar one, which is obviously a yeah. lot darker because it's inheriting yeah. from Pepsi Max yeah. and, and the black yeah. background on there. So yeah, yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. Retain. What's on there and working? We we need to keep. Well, retain is is two key things. It's the fact you have red above blue in organic shapes. Uh, and uh, obviously the name Pepsi, and not going back to calling it Pepsi Cola or anything. So mm-hmm. obviously retain the word Pepsi, uh, and retain the fact you've got a, a, a already a badge which has almost like flags. You know, it's got yeah. a color identity, um, and and retain was obviously key. Those two parts. Yeah, sure. Enhance what is on there, but could work a lot harder. Well, in, enhance is obviously is the positioning of Pepsi. You know, if you're going to be a powerful brand, you want to be the center of the eye line. So enhance is, is don't make it drop away off the design. Make it at the heart of the design. You know, it's yeah. such a powerful, iconic, you know, and, and, you know, the old design, which is based on, you know, you see people wearing those as T-shirts, retro T-shirts. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. so it's, it's not just a, a, a design on a, a can. The reference is actually in the kind of common vernacular of, of fashion as well. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And lastly, introduce. What what's the design lacking in your opinion? Yeah, introduce is actually some more character and weight to the Pepsi name. They've created an interesting bold sans serif, and obviously it's got that slight slope on the P's. Um, and I think uh, and, and I think the same sloping is on the I as well that I can see. Uh, I think they've crafted something which isn't a generic typeface as it was before in the sixties. So I think uh, what they've added is character to the face. So you could imagine uh, the face itself actually being typography that's used elsewhere in campaigns. Yeah. I don't know if that's true, but I think it's, it, it leads me to think that in the design system, there will be typography which references the brand name. Yeah, I think we'll start to see that rolling out. I mean, we, we, yeah. it must be inevitable. I mean, we, yeah. we must yeah. be getting onto that. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Bill. A pleasure as always. It's been far too long. Will you do another one? Will you come on again? And do another. I will for us? always, as 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 um, uh, my partner says, she goes, Bill. I do, you know, I do like when I hear you talking about branding. You're so passionate about it. But she says sometimes you do wander into Bill shit. <laughs> and and I, I think what she means is I, do, I like talking I like the sound of my voice too much but I, I would love to because I think uh, what, what you're doing is really interesting in terms of obviously I've followed what Slice have been doing been very very impressed and very in a way I'm very proud of obviously I've worked with some great signers to see them go on and carve out great businesses themselves has been kind of a a kind of honour, but uh, and and the yeah, fact I've kept in touch much. with them. So no, I think what you've done well, and I think the fact you're doing these is also absolutely on the money, spot on. I think the whole thing of doing education, podcasts, uh, instru- you know, videos, things about your craft and your experience are really important. And also, the other thing is to be a thought leader. You've got to have thoughts about things that you don't just do, but other people do as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. Well. I hope you've enjoyed that. Um, it would be great to hear your thoughts. So please do comment on the podcast notes and uh, I will I'll do. see you next time. I will see awesome. you. And, uh, well, I think next time we should talk over a lunch, but we'll, that, yeah. that'll be a private conversation. That sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> Bill, it's All been right. a pleasure. Good. Thank you so much yeah. for that. That's a wrap, as they say. I hope you found it informative. If it adds value, then please do subscribe. 
I'm Al, owner and creative director of Slice Design. You can follow me on my LinkedIn page, which is linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Alan Gilbody, or you can follow us on our company website, which is slicedesign.co.uk. So until next time, have a fantastic week and keep well.